This is Pastor Sean Milliken at the First Baptist Church, Valley Springs, Arkansas. We're pleased that you've joined us today for Confident in Christ, our podcast that we come to the table and several of our members discuss various topics. And this month, our topic is spiritual gifts. So, so let's jump right in and get an orientation to this important biblical topic. Well, all this month, we're going to come to the table and be talking about various topics related to the subject of spiritual gifts or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so in this first podcast, I thought what we would do is just try to get a handle on uh, exactly what are spiritual gifts. Now, there are really three primary big passages that talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, you got Romans 12, uh, and then Ephesians 4. That would be the go-tos for most folks. And so I'm gonna begin by just reading an excerpt of uh, out of 1 Corinthians 12. This is in verses 1 through 7, and then we'll discuss maybe what are some things that, that we can learn from this passage about an orientation to spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 7 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So that's a great introduction to spiritual gifts. What are some things that stand out to you guys and ladies uh, as we look at that? They're given to us so we can help each other as a body. Okay, so they're given for the common good. So that's like when I buy my wife a dishwasher for Christmas, right? Is that the kind of gift? So, no, but seriously, think about that. You're given I mean, something that's for the common good of the family, though it's not going to score you any points with your wife. Right. I do know that. <laughs> so for the gifts are for the common good for the, for the body. They're not just things to use on our selves selfishly. So maybe runs a little bit counter to our thinking about traditional gifts. So what else do you see there? Well, and we say common. We say common good, uh, but. You know what this church needs are uh, might be different than the next church down the road a little bit they may have different people with different strengths and weaknesses and so the mix of spiritual gifts or things will i think will vary uh, congregation by congregation denomination by denomination it will fit the needs of that body and potentially all the all those work together to make overall body of christ we all bring different strengths I like in verses four through six that it, it talks about how it's unifying. I don't know if that's what you see, but I see that it's the same spirit, it's the mm-hmm. same Lord, it's the same God, even though there's different types of, of gifts that we're all working for ultimately the same purpose. And it's the same God who gives those. I mean, it is God who gives those. And so in that way that it's unifying or it's united. And so it may look differently, but it's all going towards the same purpose. I kind of agree with you and Kerr about how Kurt said about how Different people go to different churches to fill their spiritual gifts and what they what they need to do, like what God's called them to do. I took some commentary from Romans 12, 3-8. A little summary, it says, There is only one body of Christ, but 
there's a diversity of gifts within that body, a diversity that ensures the health of the unified whole. If God, by his grace, gives everyone a unique task in the church, then there's no reason for people to think more highly or lowly of themselves than they ought to. Yeah, that's good. In the context of 1 Corinthians 12, there's division in the church at Corinth over spiritual gifts. <laughs> and there's disagreement. There's ignorance, right? The very first thing he says is, I don't want you to be unaware. So here's some teaching for you about spiritual gifts. And and honestly, spiritual gifts, knowledge of it doesn't come to us naturally. We need a word from the Lord. We need the Bible. We need this teaching. And so uh, it's good for us to come together and just think about these things, just like Paul was teaching the people uh, in Corinth. But but like uh, Stacy said, variety of gifts. It's the same spirit. It's the same Lord. It's the same God. Puts us in different ministries, gives us different gifts, and we even see different impacts and effects. But if it's truly from the Lord, and by the way, in this passage, there is some indication that there are false gifts. He talks about some who are saying certain things, supposedly as spiritual gifts, like Jesus is a curse. So we can measure these things. Just because someone says they're operating within their spiritual gifts doesn't make them untouchable. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that we should not scrutinize what's being done, but we should just do so biblically and in a healthy way. But one thing, last thing on this passage I want to point out, it says this, very basic, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the spiritual gifts, to each one. There is not one Christian that is ungifted. And that's important as we start this discussion to say that each one is given by the Holy Spirit gifts, good gifts, for the good of the community, the church community. So, a good orientation to spiritual gifts in the church. What do you think the purpose of spiritual gifts is? We said it's for the common good. Let's get a little more specific then. What are some of the purposes we're told in the Bible for the spiritual gifts? To build people up. I mean, it's to... Um, is that the edification of the church? That's the edification of the church. Yeah. yeah. So, build up, edify. Yeah. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.7 is another one. While we're waiting for the Lord to be revealed, the gift of the Holy Spirit is part of his provision. We're, we're gifted. We're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I love Ephesians 4.12. That's what we'll look at uh, next time. The different gifts that are listed there, uh, apostles, prophets, pastor, teachers, evangelists, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So, again, same same idea. It's certain gifts in the church, certain functions and, and offices are given. And their purpose is not to lift themselves up. It's to equip other people to do the work of ministry. So some important functions and purposes of spiritual gifts. You know, one of the ways that sometimes we define spiritual is in contrast to the idea of the fleshly or the natural. And one of the things that I've struggled with with spiritual gifts is should we define basically every talent natural ability, thing that we know how to do. Let's, let's say, play the trumpet. If I know how to play the trumpet, is that necessarily a spiritual gift? No. no. Can it be a spiritual gift? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it just depends on how you use it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. if you use it to glorify God, like if you play the trumpet at church, <laughs> then yeah, I think it can be, but I don't think it's necessarily I, a spiritual gift. I, I think that with having a gift you're naturally something like you're naturally good at, like say Russell's naturally good at golf, that means he can teach people how to do golf or do men's retreats and do Bible studies and use analogies about golf that golfers understand, mm -hmm. which helps reach people. So I think your natural natural abilities 
where certain things can help to lead to spiritual abilities to help with things. Is there any way golf can be a spiritual gift when so many men use it to skip church on Sunday? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Sure, I don't use it as an excuse okay. to skip church. So, so give me an unspiritual gift or a spiritual yeah. gift. Is that? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people that have talent, God-given talents, that don't use it to glorify God. I mean, I don't know how many pro athletes are Christians, but they have extreme talents in their field, but they don't use it to glorify God. Some do. Some will proclaim their faith, but the majority of them don't. And this is jumping in to something you're probably fixing to talk about, but, but when do we get our gifts? So if we're talented at music before we're saved, mm-hmm. is, that a, is that a spiritual gift? Right. Or is that a talent that we've honed? Yeah. Yeah, and not to say there's anything wrong with that, but maybe, so some have pushed against that because they go, yeah, but you were that before you were saved, so it really can't be a spiritual gift. Uh, let me give you a definition. I want to see what y'all think about this. Just get some feedback. This is in Wayne Grudem's uh, theology book. He defines gifts of the Spirit as any and all abilities that are empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. And he goes on to say that this broad definition includes both gifts that are related to our natural abilities like teaching, showing mercy, administration, leadership, and gifts that seem to be miraculous or less related to natural abilities, like prophecy, healing, discerning spirits. When I hear Grudem say that, I see in him, he's not wanting to categorize things too much. He says that a natural ability could be used by the spirit and empowered by the spirit and become a spiritual gift what do you think of that idea that it could be mm-hmm. yeah a new christian you receive a spiritual gift it, you still have to develop that gift it, it, you know you can if you don't develop that gift you can put that gift to sleep i mean that you, you have to work that in in the process of working that learning what that gift is and strengthening that spiritual muscle if you will that you been given, uh, you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna make some errors. You're probably gonna uh, you know go down some blind alleys. You're gonna figure some things out that take a little time and consider and put to use prayerfully. And but, but it, it 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 matures as you mature in your faith. Again, another fear or something I see as a concern is that when we do encompass that area of natural abilities as being a possibility for a spiritual gift that maybe we close ourselves off to the things that are in no way, shape, or form a natural ability. And we're going to talk about this in the weeks to come, but that would be the more miraculous type things, gifts of healings and things like that. Maybe it's easy and comfortable for us. What do you all think about that? Do you think it's easier or comfortable to say, well, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I probably have the spiritual gift of, uh, of teaching, whereas maybe it's something altogether more miraculous that the Lord wants to do through you. What what do you think about that? Is that is that a valid concern or am I just I think it's safe that way, right? Like that's a safer option. And so rather than relying on the Lord and praying and, and seeking that out and trying things and going back and saying, Okay, is that it? Um, that's a safer kind of I can see I, I can see where I would just be like, Okay, I'm gonna back up to that. It's in your comfort zone. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. As a church today, you know, one of the ways that we're under attack is their secular world is trying to breed the miracles out of church. 
and and uh, they'll accept Christ as a wise person, but they won't accept the miracles of the Bible. And so, if you do something that is out of your character, out of your capacity, yeah, I think that we're naturally apprehensive, and our society is building that apprehensive culture around us too, to not really be open to that. And I think that there's so many people like with the prosperity gospel that do healings or uh, prophecies that it jades us to that is true. Um, we're skeptical when maybe something miraculous does happen because we see on TV this guy healing somebody's leg or making their leg longer by just doing a trick, and but they're not going to hospitals and healing people. They're just at their revivals is the only place that they are able to do anything miraculous. And that'll be a theme that comes up all this month as we grapple with this idea, because I think all of us sitting at the table, most of the people in our church would, in theory, affirm a supernatural worldview, saying that God can, but we do struggle with the idea that, yeah, well, God can and will, or he can and will through me. So that is a struggle, I think, for every one of us, for multiple reasons, and we'll talk about that throughout the month. So Stacy brought up a good question. Uh, when do we get our spiritual gifts? How much say do we have in what is really our spiritual gift? Is there an app? Can we do online spiritual gift shopping? As we go through our list next week, can we can we pray? Hey, here's a great question. Can we want a spiritual gift like we want a Christmas present and God might give it to us? Or do they come to us as soon as we're saved and that's it? John, you say, yeah, we can want spiritual gift. We can pray for it. Uh, Solomon prayed to God for wisdom. Mm. And, I mean, Solomon was known as one of the wisest kings of all time. So I think that if praying for the like praying for a right reason and praying for a spiritual gift for the right reason, God will gift it to you because he knows that you're genuinely going to use it for the right reasons. I know. I listened to a, an interview. I can't remember who was interviewing, but it was an interview with John Piper. And totally respect John Piper, um, but he said he wanted to speak in tongues. And so he prayed for that, and he prayed, and he's never gotten it. And he's like, it's not for me. You know, that's just not what uh, one of the gifts God wants to give me. And I I mean, I think you can seek those. I mean, that's, you know, you're supposed to. It says in the Bible, you're supposed to seek those gifts. But... Um, not first, necessarily. first Corinthians 14 1 yes. says, earnestly desire the greater gifts yeah. so that that opens up a can of worms in my simple theology about spiritual gifts which is you get saved and bang God sovereignly distributes and here is Paul saying earnestly desire certain spiritual gifts so maybe some things shift and maybe we can pray for spiritual gifts and maybe God gives them and maybe he doesn't I just think I go to First Corinthians twelve eleven, which is is the only is the one and only Spirit who distributes all the gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, well, there's your answer. But you can pray <laughs> for it. That's the Holy Spirit. You can pray yeah. for it. And just like He might answer any prayer, yes, not yet, right. no. Yeah. <laughs> and you can. I think you can have multiple <clears throat> gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're supposed to seek after them, so I think you should ask for them, but. Like you said, I don't think you always get them. We go to Walmart uh, pickup every Sunday after church. 
when you guys are shopping online, she's like, this is the greatest gift to mankind that ever was. I don't have to go into Walmart. <laughs> you know, you hit a button, they come out. I'm in slot seven, white car, bang, groceries. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, they do a little substitution. <laughs> they give you something that you didn't order. They usually ask. And uh, sometimes it's a home run, and sometimes not so much. And uh, I think about, you know, spiritual gifting. In that way, sometimes there, there are things we would have never thought God might give us or that he would use us in that way, and he doesn't. It's just like this is unbelievable, greatest blessing in my life. I would have never asked for this, but, but he did it. And uh, so spiritual gifts are an interesting thing to think about. Like Stacy said, 1 Corinthians 12 said, uh, God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and God has appointed in the church, first apostles, prophets, teachers, and so on. So there is, it is up to God. He sovereignly distributes. We can ask, we can pray, and it tells us to, the Bible tells us to, to seek and desire spiritual gifts. One of the things I want to ask you guys about is a practical matter. We're talking about the 80-20 rule. Uh, that, that a lot of people say that 20% of the people do 80% of the work in any business, and they say that's true in the church, that 20% of the people doing the serving. What do you, why do you think that is? Do you think that has anything to do with spiritual giftings? Or what might it have to do with people's understanding of spiritual gifts or an unawareness? I think it depends on where you go. I think so many times um, new believers, old believers, they might go into a new church and are willing to serve, uh, use their spiritual gifts. Um, they may be asked, they may not be. Um, if they're seen that they're willing to do something, um, just like in the workplace, they're relied on more. So they're always asked, they're the first one asked to do something new. So other people are kind of hiding and not always asked to use their spiritual gifts because you have people you can rely on. So sometimes we're just not set up to ask new people and recruit and put new people in the... <clears throat> yeah, I think too though that you have to want to do that. Like, I mean, I don't think some people, some people don't even talk about this stuff, you know? So some people don't even realize you're supposed to serve in the church. I know it sounds kind of silly, but some don't. They just don't. They don't realize, like, service is one way you can figure out a gift. Your gift may be service, or, you know, I mean, how would you know? But they don't know to even do it, because they're like, oh, so-and-so takes care of that. So-and-so takes care of that, so. Yeah, so several years ago, we had a Sunday school class that their focus was, and, and remind me if I get this wrong, but was that, you know, going out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Like, their Sunday school class was on ministry. It was going out and doing things, and so, I don't know, it just makes me wonder, you know, some of these gifts, it's not that you might see it in our service. I mean, is that incorrect? Like some of the, some of these gifts are what we use when we go out, it's what we use when we when we are other places other than serving in the sanctuary or serving in the in the service. Absolutely. Not everybody can speak in, in the big gathering on Sunday morning. More could probably than do, but but certainly not everybody. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is, is these <coughs> hidden type gifts that it's a it's a word between services. It is. It's a phone call. It's a visit to the hospital. So sure. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to give an out 
<laughs> but, you know, some of these gifts of encouraging others, giving generously, serving others, those that, you know, people can be doing, and, and we may just not even know them. Right. So many things are hidden. Uh, so many of those gifts go unseen. And uh, But I do think it's probably a fair statement, and we'll wrap up with this idea as a bit of a segue to the rest of the month. I really believe that many people, as Sarah said, don't even think about it. And we're probably, most churches are probably not doing a great job of emphasizing the importance of individual spiritual gifts. And so this month, we'll be talking more about what are, what does the Bible say? What are the lists of spiritual gifts? How do we interpret those lists? Are there other things? How do I discover my gift? And how do I put it to work to build up the body of Christ? So those are the things we'll be talking about this month with uh, John and Stacy and Sarah, Russell, Kurt, Clayton, and myself. I hope you'll join us each week as we go on this discovery of spiritual gifts. As we go through the next three weeks of discussions on the podcast, I want to encourage everyone that's listening uh, that this is one of those topics that we shouldn't be uh, hearers only, but strive to be doers, strive to apply these truths to our lives, and especially discovering and exercising our spiritual gifts. So thanks for joining us today in our Confident in Christ podcast.